um, we will look back at this decade of the Academy Awards, and we will just uh, we'll have acid reflux when we think about uh, the most recent Academy Awards yeah. and how Green Book was able to uh, topple A Star Is Born at the Oscars. It is a incredibly acted film. It is an incredibly written film. It is an incredibly uh, uh, directed film. Bradley Cooper is incredible in it. Lady Gaga is incredible in it. The music is incredible in it. And there's not one moment through the film where there's a lull, where it's a little over two hours, but it does not feel like that when you're watching it. And I think Shallow is one of the greatest songs to come out of a movie, not only this decade, but of all time, I think it's the best song to come out of a movie from this decade because it's one of the greatest I, songs. I, yeah, I can. Of this I can decade. agree with you on that. So, uh, Aiden, what is your number ten? Like, like a star is born. I haven't seen a star is born, and like a star is born, you haven't seen this. One hundred and twenty-seven hours. Ooh, only number ten. You talk about it so much. I absolutely and it's only adore 10. this movie. It's just James Franco in between a rock mm-hmm. and a hard place, and yet it's very captivating. It takes place for pretty much the whole movie in one place, but the way it's edited and the way it's shot is amazing. James Franco gives a great performance in it, and the ending is just, in my opinion, one of the best endings ever with the music and the way it's shot. Mm-hmm. It's just, also the scenery is amazing. There's there's a shot where it's just like moving out of the canyon after it gets his hand stuck, and you really feel like He's just a small little thing within this gigantic place. And you really feel that he's losing dehydration. Like, he's really getting dehydrated, which is, it's just really good. So, first of all, Sam Elliott was also really good in A Star is Born. forgot to mention him. Uh, who should have won the Oscar then, Jesse Eisenberg or James Franco? Jesse None Eisenberg. of them won the yeah, Oscar. J- Jesse but... Eisenberg, I would still say. All right. Interesting. Um, my number nine I knew I wanted to put a Natalie Portman movie on this list. I just didn't know which Natalie Portman movie. And so in the end, I chose Jackie. Oh. Because I do think Black Swan is... Well, actually, no. I think Jackie is a better movie than Black Swan. Um, Even though Black Swan is a really good movie, it's a hard, rewatchable movie. At times, it's kind of gross, and it's really a thinker. Um, Jackie, it, it's not obviously a movie you want to watch when you want to feel joyous, but it's got an incredible score that should have won over La La Land. It has I don't an even remember the score in La La Land, in all honesty. Yeah, it has an incredible performance that should have won over La La Land, and it really should have gotten a Best Picture nomination. It is, I've always been fascinated by the Kennedy family and the Kennedy assassination and Jackie Kennedy uh, her story is an incredible one that really gets to shine in this movie. And Natalie Portman gives just such a great portrayal of her in this movie. And also young performances by Greta Gerwig and Richard E. Grant is also in this movie. And Peter Skarsgård and Billy Cudrup. So, I mean, it's it's just a really good movie from start to finish. Okay. My number nine is Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Interesting. It's... It's by no means my favorite Edgar Wright movie, but I think it's the most 
visibly enjoyable movie because mm-hmm. it's pretty much like based off of video games. Yeah, yeah. And like the whole all the battle sequences are just so ridiculous that are that they're really impressive. Michael Cera is just like very dry humor in this movie which makes him really funny. His roommate doesn't have much screen time. I wouldn't even say he's dry humor. Like he's just playing he's playing a character the whole time, but it's like somebody who knows that he's not living in a real world, it yeah. seems. The roommate is just... Kieran Culkin. He's just so funny in it. I will say that the ending was just like, eh. I don't even For... remember the ending. Oh, uh, Jason... What's his name? Schwartzman. Who's in... Schwartzman. It's, it's the smallest role mm-hmm. in this movie, but he makes it work. Yeah, yeah. Then... It's just a movie that is just visibly appealing, mm-hmm. and it's like one of Edgar Wright's best. Interesting. All right. Um, number eight, after everything I said about this movie in comparison to Jackie, my oh, number eight is La La really? Land, which may be, uh, may be counterintuitive, but I really, really, really enjoyed La La Land. I think it's... It has an it, it has a powerhouse. It has the the big three. It has an incredible actor in Ryan Gosling. It has an incredible actor in Emma Stone. It has an incredible director in Damien Chazelle. He's the youngest director ever to win, yeah. right? He was yeah. like thirty two. And it was and and I, I haven't seen Moonlight, so I don't know if Moonlight deserved to win more than La La Land. It looks like from everything I've seen, it's a very different movie than La La Land. But the music in it, really, really good. I have two musicals on my list. I just realized that. The music is really, really good in it. And Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling, they both give really serious performances, but also, like, comedic performances. There are comedic moments in it. It's just a very rewatchable movie. And I love movies that have the setting as a character. That's why I love New York movies that use New York as the character. And... In this movie, L.A. is a character in that movie. And I think it may be one of the most beautifully shot versions of L.A. before. Up there, you have, like, Training Day, Speed. Yes, Speed. (laughs) Yes. Which is a very L.A. movie. But this one was just shot. L.A. was shot beautifully in this movie. And so it's my number eight. Okay. My number eight. I was going back and forth on... Which Wes Anderson movie to put on here? I didn't know which one to put on, and I ended up putting on... I have zero Wes Anderson movies on my list, by the way. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I decided to put on Moonrise Kingdom. It's a very different Wes Anderson movie. It's certainly probably his funniest, it seems. Bill Murray gives probably my favorite performance in a Wes Anderson movie, because only he could play it. Like, there's a the line where he's just, like, walking about being like, I'm going to go outside. I'm going to find a tree to chop down. Only he could make that funny, it seemed. I'm so happy. I was just about to say Bill Murray is not in this movie, but then I remember that he was in this movie. Yeah, he's just so... He, only he could play it. Yeah. Edward Norton mm-hmm. has played a he's wide variety of characters. He's played Dude in Fight Club, a drunk in Birdman, it seemed. Yeah. At least I think it was a Well, Motherless Brooklyn, American X, yeah. yeah, yeah. This is probably the safest role he's ever done. When you hear him say, Jiminy Cricket, he flew the coop, you're just like, wow, that's the dude who was in Fight Club, and he yeah. just said, Jiminy Cricket. Yeah, yeah. 
Certainly and, not something when people were watching Primal Fear. They were yeah. like, that guy's going to take on this role. And the kid performances, too. It's like a very exaggerated version of what young love is. Mm-hmm. But that's like, it, it's exaggerated to the way that's how it feels to them. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. What's it? Bruce Willis mm-hmm. is doing a very different role. He's not like an action hero. Yeah. It's just. It's like a role that he was trying to get with his friends, guest spots, but couldn't quite get. Yeah, he's just playing a cop who's just trying to find them. Mm-hmm. And he's just, like, really good in it for some yeah. reason. No, yeah. Frances McDormand, too, is, like, doesn't have a big role, but she makes the most of it. This was her, was this her first Wes Anderson movie? Yes. And Edward Norton's, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was a first for a lot of people. Bruce Willis, but he hasn't done another Wes Anderson movie since. I would be willing to put it, see, the problem is, and that's another podcast we should do is like ranking all the Wes Anderson movies, yeah. maybe before the whatever his new one is comes out. Because I think that's so, some, yeah. something. Yeah. yeah, something. But um, and like it's also shot beautifully. It seems it's not exactly like what you know, classic yeah. Wes Anderson. But the point I was getting to was that I am happy that you chose that over the Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah, because I do think it is a better movie. Yeah, I, like Grand Budapest is just so weird. Yeah, that you enjoy, and Ralph Fiennes is just amazing in it. Yeah, but really good. Like amazing, I think. One of the best performances of the decade, I'd be willing to say. I think he should have gotten an Oscar nomination. I would have to, you know, look back. At I the still other can't nominees. believe that he didn't. Yeah. yeah. Who won that year? It was Eddie Redmayne. It right? was Eddie Redmayne, Theory yeah. of Everything. Yeah. But it's, I don't know if it's my favorite Wes Anderson movie, but it's like probably top three. Oh, it's definitely top three. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I, I don't know if I can put Fantastic Mr. Fox ahead of it because it's an animated movie, and so that feels like a, like a cheat. Yeah. Because what he was a, because the setting that he was able to create and the shots he was able to create, the color palette alone, when you're yeah. sitting on the beach and they're just staring out in the ocean and you've got, or the lake or whatever, and you've got these like four really obscure objects in there, but just like the color scheme alone that he was able to get in that shot. And when they're going from like the, the house, when they're showing yes. all the levels of the house, and even a simple shot like Edward Norton, like he's just checking walking, on the campers. Yeah. And he's like, um, what are you guys building? And he's and they're like a treehouse. And he's like, where? Up there. And then it just like quickly shoots to the treehouse. Like even that simple shot is so genius. It also does really good with the narrator. I forget his real name, but he's a, he's in like three scenes. But oh. he, like, he like really gives you things that you need to know that there's a hurricane coming. Yeah. Our mom's ordering Chinese food, by the way. That's what you're hearing in the background. Bob something. Bob, he was in that one season of Seinfeld. Yeah, I just forgot. He's in a couple of other Wes Anderson movies. All right, interesting. So that's your number eight. My uh, number seven is Bridesmaids. Ooh, okay. Um, this was a revolutionary comedy because women had been in comedy before, but I don't think that they had their own comedy movie like this, and certainly not of this magnitude. Uh, you definitely see some, like you see Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion sprinkled in here. Um, you even see... If you want to call working girl comedy, which I would call the comedy, you see a little of that sprinkled in here too. It brings us the first big movie from Paul Feig and his collaboration with Judd Apatow, written by Kristen Wiig. And you get an all star cast of Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph and Rose Byrne and Melissa McCarthy, who got an Oscar nomination from it. It got an Oscar nomination for original screenplay. It's so risky especially one scene in particular where they get food poisoning while they're um, trying on wedding dresses and they all just like vomit 
and poop in their pants. And it's something that they weren't going to do because they didn't want to go for the gross out humor. But one day they were like, well, let's just try it. Let's see what happens. And that is like one of the most important scenes when it comes to maybe just like comedy in general, maybe not just even female comedy, because you net because I don't think up to that point you saw women do that. I in think, a comedy movie before. Think, I think only those actors can make it hilarious. Like and, Maya Rudolph yeah. running into the street. Yeah. Only she can make that funny. Yeah. And it's just, it's such a well-acted movie, and it's got so much humor in it because it, it comes out three years later after The Hangover, and so it does feel like the, the uh, what would you call it, the sister to The Hangover. Um, but just the cast that they got and the chemistry that they had was just really, really incredible. And so it's my number seven. I think I, I think it's that. maybe. Well, I actually have two other or a couple other comedies <clears throat> on my list, so I can't call it the greatest comedy movie of the decade. But it's so important, and it's so funny. Okay, my number seven is another Ed Norton film, Birdman. Ooh, yeah. I've I did not this, have this on my list. I've seen this movie I think three times. Mm-hmm. Every time, because you watched I'm, it that one time when you were sick and yeah. you got. Your sick germs all I over my Blu-ray. I was originally gonna watch Pulp Fiction again, and then that's I was a like, great movie to watch. <laughs> yeah, and then I was like, you know what? I want to watch a movie where it's just one shot. And I've watched it three times. I'm speechless every time by the end of the movie because of what they were able to create. The movie's made to look like it's one shot, and it feels like it. It it, it and just to add on, it does not feel like the director Alejandro G and Ritu was just like, you know what? I want an Oscar. I'm going to make this movie in one shot. It feels like that that goes along with the story. Yeah, because every other second, something's happening yeah. to the play. It brings Michael Keaton back. Mm-hmm. That's his name, right? Oh, Resurgence, yeah. Uh, after like a really big drought in his career. Yeah, gets him an Oscar nomination. Gives us Emma Stone. Well, like the dark Emma Stone performance. Yeah. Way. Everyone was like, oh, she's a serious actress. She's, she's just, just a not... girl from Zombieland. Oh, or super God. bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ed Norton is just, he's a likable jerk. Who won Supporting Actor that year? Supporting Actor would have been, that's a good question. What won Best Picture that year? I don't even remember. Birdman. I remember Ethan Hawke was nominated, but he didn't win. Hmm. All right, anyway, continue. No, that's all I'm going to be thinking about now. Well, keep it in the back of your mind then. Okay. Uh, The cinematography Mm -hmm. is breathtaking. And, like, you, yeah, you can kind of tell when they do a cut, but it's still, like, seamless. Like, mm-hmm. really, when they just go into a dark room, that's really all it, It's really all when you know. But, I mean, it's not really much to say other than it's beautifully shot. And the performances, specifically, I think, from Michael Keaton, who gave the best performance in the movie. J.K. Simmons, Whiplash. Okay, that makes, that makes sense. Yeah. I was just looking over at Connor's phone, like, what is he doing? I wanted to get you to continue okay. to talk so I could find it. Yeah, it was well, Whiplash. JK I mean, that's really all I have to say. All right, all right. Um, My number six is Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Oh, man. So I won't, I felt, I, I like you, like, felt weird that I had it on my top 10 list, but it's a really, really good movie. You didn't even mention Anna Kendrick, Brie Larson, Chris Evans. They're all in the movie, too. And they all, even though they're all in small parts, they're all really good. Specifically, Anna Kendrick, like she's like really, really funny in that movie. She, like plays... she has a line where it's like, maybe you shouldn't date like 
girl's 17 boyfriends. She has like she has nine. She's like whatever. The perfect sister. Like when yeah. you imagine a sister, you imagine her like who has this perkiness but is also super sarcastic and will I mean she's like Chandler Bing in a yeah. way. Um and it's it's it doesn't show off Edgar Wright's editing techniques as much as the world's like end and fuzz. baby driver does and hot fuzz, yeah. I don't but, know why you didn't say hot fuzz first, but keep going. Well, I would I I didn't think, think about it's just that a little, much. Yeah. yeah, it's just a little. Well, and, but it's just, it's so funny, too, because it's not, it takes itself, it doesn't take itself seriously at all. Oh, I forgot one of the reasons that they, one person died was because they were vegan and they accidentally drank dairy. Yeah. It had, every time those video thing pop up, Mary Elizabeth Weinstead, by the way, going from sky high to this is pretty incredible, yeah. too. This launches her career and also gets her brain dead, which is one of the most underrated shows of all time. I won't go into that now. And there's like the scene where he, he comes back, he comes back in the apartment and it's just like the Seinfeld theme is going. And for like a good three minutes, it's just like a sitcom episode yeah. there. Like, it's just, it's such an original movie and it's a movie that nerds love, but I'm a nerd and I love it. Yeah, it's. There's like a shot where he's just throwing something behind his back and waits it in the garbage can, and that's for some reason just like, funny in the way that it's edited. You know that this cannot take place in reality at all. I have no idea where this takes place in. I'm not even going to go into the, like the layers that this yeah. movie I don't could even possibly know have. It probably takes place in like New it York, takes place probably. in Toronto, I think, or someplace in oh. Canada. But yeah, I just I love it. Okay, my number six. I think I, at some point I'll probably put this higher. Is the nice guys. This is my number five. This is perfect. Okay, perfect. So we, oh can, my gosh, yeah. we can both talk about it. We can both this. talk about it. Yeah, this is my number five, the nice guys. It is very smart humor. Ryan Gosling, I think, gave a better performance in this than La La Land. I said it. I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I think he should have won the Golden Globe for Best Actor in a Comedy for this instead of La La Land. Yeah, but, I mean, it's La La Land. Yeah, yeah. It's just so funny, and it's like, completely taking a turn on what like usually comedy movies are like at one point he like tells russell russell crow yeah his like information like it's an airport or like a building or something and like you're like oh my gosh he's been an idiot this whole movie but he figured it out they go to that place and it's like no it's torn down yeah yeah and it just takes a huge turn Uh like the whole dream sequence didn't make any sense oh that's right i forgot about that yeah yeah and like in ten minutes later, he's trying to look for the gun that he had, mm-hmm. and yeah. like, what are you doing? Oh crap! Was that in my dream? It was so. It's just so smart. It's so smart. It's so funny, and I love the murder mystery aspect yeah. that goes along with it. I'm in for a good murder mystery, and that's what this movie is. And the dynamic between Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling, maybe the most likable Russell Crowe performance yes. ever. Um. It's it's just it's it's a really funny movie. You talk about we talked about the state of the comedy movie. This is one that I think got critical praise, but totally should have been. This was overlooked at the box office. There should have been tons more people to watch Even this. The kid was really good in this. Yeah, it it is one of the best original screenplays of of the decade. Absolutely, for sure. Yeah. So that was my number five. So why don't my you number say five. number five? Yeah. Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Whoa. I Whoa. love this. I can't. So shocked right now. Whoa. Wait, seriously? Yeah, like seriously. I know that sounded like sarcasm, but yeah. Number five. Wow. When the uh, when the uh, Golden Globes started happening, I was like, okay, it's either Incredibles or Isle of Dogs. And then when it won the Golden Globe and the Oscar, I was like, 
fucked. Uh, Wes Anderson. Huge year for Spider-Man because the Spider-Man video game came out yeah. that year too. Oh, that was such a good game. Um, And then we watched it and I was mm. like, dang, that really deserved to win over yeah. Isle of Dogs. Yeah. And it's just animated so like like a comic book. That's mm-hmm. the whole point. And it's so funny too. John Mulaney doesn't have a big role in it. Yeah. But when we but his first two lines are hilarious. Yeah. What Peter Porker. <laughs> Peter Porker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and Nick from New Girl. Jake Johnson. Is so funny as like his backstory should be yeah. very sad. But they make it really funny in the way they edit everything. Yeah. The villain's motive. I did not expect to care for the villain. Mm-hmm. But they really made me care for the villain. Yeah. It, I thought it was going to go one way, and then it went a completely separate direction. Yeah. Nicolas Cage, as the film, as the noir Spider-Man, is yeah. so funny. Yeah, yeah. In the way he delivers all of his lines. Mm-hmm. It's just animated so uniquely, and I just, yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's a really great film. It's got an all-star voice cast. They got Chris Pine for what, like oh, five Miles. minutes? Yeah, yeah, Chris Pine. Yeah. And Miles, as a character, is one of the most... Relatable like, characters? Most, one of the most relatable human yeah. uh, animated characters yeah. ever. And it's really great that they got his awkward down, because I haven't seen Spider-Man Homecoming, so I don't know if... Tom Holland plays a really good awkward teenager, but it's hard for me to believe that he has like zero friends when he looks like Tom Holland. That was one of the complaints I had with Homecoming, but like, yeah, you know, we'll it, that, that's that, the but... same one like with Andrew Garfield Spider Man. Like, who's picking on Andrew Garfield when he looks like Andrew Garfield? Yeah. Like, come on. All right, so that's interesting. That was your number five, right? Yes. Um, my number four, I think everyone has pretty much agreed that this is the greatest film of the decade. I have it. At four, you might have it higher. Uh, the Social Network. Oh my gosh! For I had it too low, right? You think little, I have it too yeah. low? Yeah. Here's the thing about the Social Network. I'm, I'm I'm ready to hear your case. I understand. I am blown away by the fact that they got Aaron Sorkin to write a script and David Fincher to direct, and they the did that in the same movie. It's like an in incredible pairing. And when I watched it, I was blown away by the Aaron Sorkin dialogue and by the performances from Jesse Eisenberg and Andrew Garfield and Justin Timberlake coming out of nowhere and delivering that performance. I was not as crazy about the movie as you were, though. You seemed to really, really enjoy it. I loved it. And I just did not. I I thought it was a really, really good movie. It's number four on my list, which is not anything to say. And I know everybody's going to have it at number one. When they say that it changed film, that's very interesting yeah. for me when I hear that. I don't really know how it would change it because I Aaron think, Sorkin had been around for a while. Spoiler, it's coming up, so I'll, Okay, you'll I'll just save, save your thoughts for it. We'll but like that. I said, I thought the performances were really good, especially from the core three, and even Army, Army Hammer was really he played good. Two two. He played two people in that young Dakota Johnson performance. <coughs> um, oh, what's her name? The Rooney Mara. Mara. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It's still number four on my list. Yeah. That's not anything. I just, I don't think i liked it as much as everybody else did um and by the way i just noticed all three of my movies top three came out in the same year which is interesting okay. right. Connor, i have a question for you yeah do you have an uh, animated movie in your top three i do not have an animated movie in my top three okay inside out all right is my number four i was hoping you would have this so we could talk about it it is 
the probably the most emotionally gripping mo- animated movie I've seen mm-hmm. because it uses everything about like our minds, yeah, and does it in such a unique way. Like our personality traits have their own little islands. I thought that was really unique, and also like the way what the emotions do is so funny. Bill Hader as Fear. I think should have gotten an Oscar nomination if they did best voice acting. Wouldn't well, you? Don't yeah. you agree? Yeah. Don't well, agree? if they had that category, but they don't have that category. And its message is so great that you need to be sad to be happy. It's mm-hmm. just and Bing Bong as a character is hilarious, and his death was just spoiler. Spoiler. Sorry about that. It's okay. It's been out for almost five years, yeah, so hopefully, if you've seen it, it's just handled in the best way possible. And I don't, I don't think I have anything wrong with it. joy. At times, can be like really annoying. Well, that's just because that's that's like the perky person yeah. who's always happy and refuses to let things be dull for a little bit or sad. That it does that, raise I some understand. questions on since she cried, does she have emotions in her head? Stop it! No, so you're gonna make me throw so, up. Stop so it! Forth. Stop it! But I, this might be my favorite. I think it is my favorite Pixar movie. I would agree with that. I think it's my favorite animated movie of all time. I really I'd do have think, to think so. about that a little bit more. But it's I that could. or Fantastic yeah. Mr. Fox. I yes. mean, they're both genius in their own ways. And this one, you're right, is just so clever in the message that it sends and the way that it does it. And it's a it's a beautifully animated movie. It's so funny. It's it's just the best. The throwaway joke with the imaginary boyfriend, where he's like, "I die for Riley." It's just like, yeah, that's. Like, the perfect exaggeration. And then she's like, I haven't seen him before. And he's like, I live in Canada. And the end credit scene where we see everyone's minds. And when the dude, and when the boy runs into Riley, and in his mind, it's just an alarm going off. Girl. It's so funny in that everything has emotions. Yeah. Dogs have emotions. Cats. It's just, I can't rave enough about it. Yeah. Um, My number three is Get Out. Ooh, okay. Get Out, um, I think in a lot of ways, changed the horror movie. Yes. You can argue, is this a thriller? Or is it a horror movie? I think it's a horror movie. I would. I can understand the I mean, arguments for yeah. thriller, but whatever it is, it's genius. And every time I rewatch <clears throat> it, I find new details that I hadn't noticed before. And the fact that this is Jordan Peele's directorial debut just makes it all the more genius. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya is extremely underrated right now. He yes. should be a household name because he is—he really knows how to pick them. Yeah. The performances in this and the hypnosis scene alone, like he—he he is a great actor who can tell an entire story just by looking at the camera, just like once. And that's a lot of what that scene is because I know he's talking as it's going on, but like for a good four seconds when he's officially like out, he's just staring at the camera. And he's telling a whole story within it. And mm-hmm. Allison Williams is great. Bradley Whitford is great. Catherine Keener is great in it. It's just, it's a genius movie um, that, by the way, did a feat that not a lot of movies did. It came out the same time the Oscars was happening and then was able to rack up so many nominations it's, the following Oscars, which like is Jordan really Bill impressive. just doesn't care about award shows because when did he come out with us? Like March, I think. Yeah. Around the, I mean, it was just like a month later than when Get Out came out. Ow. 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 Uh, is that it? For- yeah. Okay. Yeah. Number three, I have The Florida Project. All right. A movie yeah. so near and dear to my heart is ridiculous. It's probably the most real movie I've ever seen. 
do you remember the scene where like she punches someone? Mm-hmm. I felt that. I felt that one. the one where she's wailing on the other, yeah. and the kid is just staring. And the sh- that shot too, where just because it doesn't show the front. violence, it just shows the kids the back of his head, and it's yeah. beautiful. Movie is just so beautifully shot. The kids, mm-hmm. specifically, what's her name? Brooklyn. Brooklyn, not Decker. Brooklyn Pierce. Brooklyn, Brooklyn Pierce. Pierce gives probably the best child performance ever. I I feel like well, we haven't seen Jacob Tremblay in Rome. But okay, yeah, I understand. But he didn't. He, he did one of the greatest stories in my Yeah. Willem Dafoe is just so great because you tell you can tell that he really cares about these the mm-hmm. mom and the daughter because of the situation they're in, but he like has to do like the things that he has to do. It seems that this is like his most like relatable performance ever, his most normal performance yeah. ever in his career, maybe. And it takes place within the span of a summer and it it doesn't really feel like it. Mm-hmm. It's just a beautiful story. The ending, too, was, like, very... It was a really good last shot. I yeah. really liked that shot. I feel like this could be a whole podcast, even of itself. Well, we can save it for a whole podcast, but we'll just say, should Willem Dafoe have won over Sam Rockwell at the Oscars? I don't know. Sam Rockwell probably gave, like, the more technically challenging performance, mm-hmm. but Willem Dafoe, I think, gave the most real performance of 2017 and possibly of the decade yeah interesting all right i think it was just because of this movie that i put them on my top 10 actors yeah Yeah. um my number two is uh the shape of water i forgot about the shape of water how dare you how dare you i've seen this movie twice and i love it each time and i know not a lot of people thought it should have won best picture i think it's one of the best best picture winners of all time it is such obviously a weird and unique movie it's not just the fish banging movie okay yes she has intercourse with a fish but that's not what you should take away from the the movie movie. i don't know how he watched it how was he able to watch i literally mentioned to him once that oh the shape of water it's like a really good movie he watched it next day was like what was that did he like it at least i don't he was just like i think you like just somehow it's that poor like kid last for life. Week, like last week, it somehow got into conversation when yeah. people were asking, "Oh, what's one of your favorite movies?" And I said, "Oh, probably Shape of Water." And he was like, "Really? That movie? Yeah. The one where she banged a fish?" It's not just the fish banging movie. I know, and I've tried to explain that. Brokeback Mountain wasn't just the gay cowboy movie. Like they all have layers to them. Yeah. That's why Brokeback Mountain didn't win Best Picture that year because everyone just called it the gay cowboy movie. And you know what won? Crash. Crash of all movies. Crash won. Brokeback so, Mountain was the only good movie in two thousand five. Yeah. It seemed. Amen. It- um. So The Shape of Water is just such. It's such great performances in it. But I also love obviously the directing and the, just the uniqueness of it. It also has an incredible score. I really love Jackie's score, but I really, really love this score. And it, it really just fits, fits the movie perfectly. It's beautiful movie and so kind of weird. The whole, the whole green aspect of the movie. Um, Michael Shannon somehow didn't get an Oscar nomination for being an incredible villain in the movie. Um, Richard <gasps> Jenkins went from the dad and stepbrothers to giving a performance like this. It's just, it's works so well. And I love it so much. And that's why it's my number two. I love one movie more than it that came out this decade, but. I don't know what your number two is. I'm trying to think. My number one, you mean? I mean, number one. Yeah. yeah I know what your number I'm two is. I'm confused on how you said last week that this was one of your favorite movies of all time. It might have been like a while ago, but it somehow was brought up. 
I just, you know, looked on. What's your number two? Get out. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. You looked at me like you forgot about it. You tricked me because I thought you forgot to put it on your list. But no. Oh, no, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. Get out. I classify it as a thriller because it's not many. When I think horror movie, I think jump scares. Mm-hmm. And this movie has like, right now I can only think of one jump scare that happens in it. Yeah, I can think of a few because there's like the one where he's first walking in the house and then the maid. Yeah. Uh, Betty Gabriel. Somehow did not get an Oscar nomination. How did she not get an Oscar nomination? Which is incredible. That one scene where she's just like talking to him in like tears. You know, it's more infuriating that Mary J. Blige got one for Mudbound. I know. And And she she... wasn't even the best actor in Mudbound. No. No. It's not like she gave a horrible performance in that movie, but it was not Oscar worthy. But continue. Sorry. In the, in like, you have to probably rewatch this 10 times to understand half of the thing every little detail that he puts into it and like it's from the beginning of the movie when they're heading over there's Mm -hmm. something about that yeah and like i had my same friend who just called shape of art of the fish brain movie why don't you just call this guy your best friend right now okay i'm fine you're crying and he he's also watched this and he's he said like the fruit loops thing where she Mm -hmm. separated the color from the white yeah i didn't even notice you didn't even notice i didn't notice it like you said, Daniel Kaluuya is probably the most underrated actor working, working today. Right now, yeah. He's just so amazing in the movie. The hypnosis scene is just amazing. The whole chair scene mm-hmm. where he's just like escaping. I don't know yeah. why I called it the chair scene. And what's his name who was also in Bird Box? Who so far has pretty much just played the Oh, thing. Little Rel Howery. Yeah. The he dude the, who was in... Uh, one of my least favorite shows of the decade. Yeah. Maybe the worst show of all time, Morel. Oh, my gosh. Morel. Oh, that was awful. He was, like, really funny in it. Yeah. Even when he shouldn't make jokes, he made jokes. And it shouldn't work, but it really did. Yeah. It's probably the scariest movie I've seen up there with, like, Silence of the Lambs and... Shining. Shining. And I was just starstruck mm-hmm. by this movie. All right, Connor. Connor, yes. what is your favorite movie of the 2010s decade? I'm interested to see if this surprises you. I'm ready. My favorite movie of the decade is Lady Bird. Oh, oh man, really? I think Lady Bird is the greatest movie of the decade. It makes me so happy when I watch it every time, just because you know that these people are going to be the ones running Hollywood for the next 50 years. Much like Get Out, this is Greta Gerwig's directorial debut, (coughs) and it is masterfully shot to the point where you're shocked that this is an indie movie. Saoirse Ronan is so good in this movie, it's mind-blowing to me. And the cast that they got to surround her with Laurie Metcalf and Timothy Chalamet, and Lucas Hedges, and Beanie Fieldstein. It is just such a great movie that makes me laugh, that makes me cry, that just, I I love the writing. I just love this movie so much, and the fact that it got zero Oscars blows me away every time. Do you, is it a true representation of what school pretty much feels like? It's so interesting, because she's, I think Saoirse Rona was 23 when she played this character, and she plays the teen so well and so believable and i guess sacramento is the worst place in the world evidently (laughs) that's what i learned from this movie um 
it, and it, just the fact that she wants to be so much more than she actually is and she wants to move to New York and become something bigger it, that's just so relatable to me and I have a question for yeah. you if you could watch one coming of age uh, teen girl movie yeah. which one would it be eighth grade or ladybird I think I would choose ladybird okay yeah I was just wondering yeah I'm assuming ladybird is not your number one movie and I think I know no. what your number one movie of the decade yeah, is yeah uh my number one movie is The Social Network. Yeah. I just can't find anything wrong with that, honestly. I think one of the reasons why it's, what did you say earlier? That it's like, people call it like one of the most important movies. Yeah, ever. like it changed film. It, I think it changed film in like specifically the score, Trent Reznor. What is it? I mean, that, that scene just, where we find out where Andrew Garfield confronts Jesse Eisenberg at the end, that is probably one of my favorite scenes of the decade yes, and that absolutely. score shines it's just the score is just really noise but that's like exactly what trent reznor he's the front man for nine inch nails and the mm -hmm. main guy behind it that's pretty much all nine inch nails songs and it's so perfect for the movie like you said aaron sorkin and david finchner 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 there's okay. an n there finchner i was originally gonna say fish fishner fishner yeah uh, probably the greatest pairing ever, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I can't really think I would have to. Yeah, I would have to think about. It. I would have to work out a list. Jesse Eisenberg certainly should have won over Colin Firth, but I think he won because, like, he's Colin Firth and was in all. Well, the there's lot. a lot of yeah. reasons why The King's Speech just dominated that Oscars. Yeah. Um, but Andrew Garfield and Justin Timberlake, I feel did none of them got. Supporting actor nominations. I don't think I don't... Andrew Garfield did. He might have been the only one. Justin Timberlake certainly didn't get anything. And they, every actor in this movie is so great with the dialogue. Because mm -hmm. it's Sorkin dialogue. You gotta go fast. And before shooting happened, David Finchner went to Aaron Sorkin's house and was like, okay, you read the script. I'm gonna time you. And you read it how fast you hear it in your head. And so, like, with the beginning scene that took 99 takes, I want to point out, not 100, yeah. 99, it was like, okay, great, notes, notes, you have to do this seven seconds faster. And they would just, like, keep redoing it. And I just found that fascinating. The rowing scene should not work, but the way it's edited, I found it fascinating for some reason. This is how you know this is Aiden's favorite movie, because he knows so many, like, behind-the-scenes facts about it. Fun facts. Yeah, yeah, you know, fun facts. Uh, everything about it, the just Mark Zuckerberg as a human is just super strange to me, and I find him so fascinating that he was just a nerd and then created the biggest company in the world. He went from creating a sexist website to yeah. From that, he was like, hey, and like Facebook. this is one of the only examples of a biopic movie that no one really cares isn't factually correct mm -hmm. like a lot of the things in here is false and Aaron Sorkin has said I don't use Facebook I just thought it was a very interesting story yeah and it's just whoever wrote Bohemian Rhapsody was like I don't listen to Queen I just thought it was a very interesting story that's a whole other topic I just wanted to bring that in another time I don't know how you brought that up I'm I when just we're talking about, about I thought it was network. funny uh Rumi Mara I feel <laughs> like should have gotten an Oscar nomination. For her three, for her minutes, three minutes in the movie. And for Network, one person was in the scene for five minutes and won an Oscar. Okay? It's possible. It is possible, yeah. 
I mean, Regina King was not in a feel streak of talk for that long. She won. Yeah. And it's just, I, I've watched it so many times, and I'm speechless every time I watch it. From the cinematography to the acting, it's just amazing. It was number four on my list. That's how I feel when I watch Lady Bird. That's why it's number one on my list. And that is our top.